This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up on a Monday to bring you another big episode of Top Shelf Radio in a bottom-feeding political world. And that race to the bottom picking up a lot of speed over the weekend in D.C. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Sadly, one of them happens to be in charge of the government right now. Tell them like it is. I am talking about Joe Biden, who was a hot topic of conversation on the Sunday shows yesterday. Oh, I'm in trouble. He really is. And we're going to get into it today at 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of the show that functions every dang day as an audio safe space for cool people, I am not an activist. I am a talk show host. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. The whole point of America, e pluribus unum. Out of many, one. Think what you want. Believe what you want. Vote the way you want. I'm a conservative, unapologetically so. But on this show, we say every day, you can be a Republican listener. You could be a Democratic listener, independent, libertarian listener. All we ask is that you don't be a There it is. Happy Monday, everybody. Uh, if you came out over the weekend to see me in Lexington, Kentucky, I was at the Lexington Opera House with Kennedy. Uh, we had a wild time. Take a bow. Everyone is. <laughs> Seriously, though, it was epic. Uh, if you missed it, you can watch me on TV tonight. I'll be on Fox News tonight uh, at 8 p.m. Lawrence Jones, guest hosting this week's show. You can see me and Lawrence in action. And if you want to see me in person, the next stand-up gig is Saturday, July the 8th. I will be in Holland, Michigan at the Holland Civic Center. Kennedy will be there, as well as former Michigan gubernatorial candidate Tudor Dixon, who is going to make a cameo and hang out with the Fox fans and everything in between. So you've got a shot. But until then, I am here with you on the radio with some big news as we kick off the show. Fox Across America launching on a brand spanking new affiliate. And I am talking as fine of a radio establishment as there happens to be in this world. We're talking about the legendary WVOS, Catskills News and Talk 92.5-94.9, the voice of Sullivan and the Catskills. We are now on the board. Oh, girl, take off the apron, Jenny Fela. We are going out tonight, girlfriend. A high honor 
to join the VOS lineup. And uh, a big shout-out to everybody up in Sullivan and the Catskills. I'm up your way quite a bit uh, doing stand-up, uh, going shopping. It's funny. I've, we could talk about Route 17 for days on end. <laughs> could talk about our dalliances doing stand-up over at the Villa Roma and obviously a little further up the thruway into Utica and stuff like that. But it's a high honor uh, to be broadcasting anywhere in the world, let alone somewhere as kick-ass as Sullivan and the Catskills. So thank you, thank you, thank you. A big radio hug from me to you. And just some really quick background on this show. As I said off the top, when we get on the air every day, you're going to listen to this show and be like, wow, I think this guy's getting paid in beer. Beer or Zima? I'm not sure. He sounds a little nuts. That's kind of the hook of the show. My broadcast superpower is the fact that I don't actually have one. I am a former New York City cab driver. Uh, in terms of my academic credentials, wish me luck. I'm on TV every night with some of the smartest people in the world. I went to community college. I majored in intro to Xbox while everybody else was studying. I was going to the bar. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. I don't know. It was a phenomenal way to go through life, and it's gotten me into this position where I'm hosting a radio show that airs all over the world, and I am very much, despite the fact that I'm conservative, I'm coming at these angles and I'm delivering analysis from a very human standpoint. And what I mean by that is I don't see my job as, you know, getting on the air every day and helping Republicans win elections. I feel my job is a place where, you know, create a place where people can communicate honestly, okay, one way or the other. And we can target these issues from a standpoint of how they affect all of us. Like when we talk about the southern border, you know, you don't need to be a Republican okay to care about the southern border. Maybe they're the only ones talking about it, but the reality is the problem at the southern border is affecting all of us, whether you're talking about the fentanyl coming into the country, the strain put on our resources, the fact that it's become a $9 billion industry for human traffickers and drug cartels, that ultimately winds up creating a residual effect in every state in the country. So I usually tend to talk about it from that standpoint. Yeah, I'll tell you, I think the Democrats are responsible. You know, but when it comes to the guy who's supposed to be in charge, the guy who tells you, you know, the buck stops here. That's Joe Biden. Sadly, it's now a buck 47 because of inflation. Biden sucks. But Biden very much was the main topic of conversation over the weekend. So as we kick off our first day of broadcasting on the legendary WVOS, what you need to know is uh, as New Yorkers, you probably have heard this phrase from time to time. The old adage is if you see something, say something. That came about after September 11th. They started putting up signs all over New York and in major ports around the country. If you see something, say something. If something happens that's a little off, you know, give the authorities a heads up. And that became a point of comedy here in New York City because we always see something. Every time you walk down the street, there's some pantless time traveler, some crazy guy arguing with a parking meter. You know, there's always insanity everywhere you turn in New York City. I don't know what qualifies as something. But in the world of journalism, what would look strange and unusual in terms of activity is a member of the liberal media asking questions about a Democrat, which in this instance, Chuck Todd did. And Chuck Todd is a guy who traditionally gets out there, you know, in nothing short of a sandwich board for the Democratic Party. Cream puff interviews for any liberal, always comparing Trump to the worst human beings who've ever lived, the Republican conservatives or racists and bigots and transphobes. That's pretty much every Chuck Todd episode. And that's pretty much been the sentiment of every member of the media since Trump came down the escalator. The media is a bunch of losers. But the late, great Rush Limbaugh used to talk about something called random acts of journalism. You know, and he'd talk about how every once in a while from time to time, 
you'd see a member of what he called the drive-by media asking, you know, intellectually fair and probing questions. Well, yesterday, if we're operating under the guise of if you see something, say something, we have to call out the fact that there was a random act of journalism perpetuated by Chuck Todd yesterday, who was speaking to Amy Klobuchar, okay, and did have some questions about not only Joe Biden, but about, you know, Hunter Biden's presence at a state dinner over the weekend. I thought this was fascinating. Let's start there. It is clip five. Do you think it was appropriate for Hunter Biden to be at the same event uh, as the Attorney General Merrick Garland was in the same week he uh, accepted a plea deal? You know, I think as the president explains, that's his son. That's a separate thing. And I would like to say um, about that, that decision was made by an independent prosecutor who is a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney uh, who had 10 years of experience, well-respected. Philadelphia Inquirer reported that he was a registered Republican. He looked at the facts and evidence and made that decision. And by the way, if that's what the Republicans want to run on, uh, in the coming election, good luck, because the president is going to be able to run on the strength of his work in bringing 13 million jobs back to America in resurging you, you understand the perception. in our country you and in moving forward. You understand the perception issue of something yes, like that, though? Yes, I do. And do, do you wish that perception I were do. different? You always wish there were different perceptions, but that's not reality. Oh, shut up, woman. So silly. When she tells you, first of all, Joe Biden created 13 million jobs. That is a fact check false. OK, 95 percent of the jobs Joe Biden created were recovered, meaning they were jobs that existed before the pandemic. They went away when entire facets, when entire sectors of our economy closed. Cruise ships closed, couldn't go out to eat, couldn't go to the movies, couldn't go to a ball game. Those jobs went away. When we reopened society, those jobs came back. Do they actually count as newly created jobs? No. If my wife throws me out of the house tonight because I come home covered in glitter, smelling like stripper perfume. Hubba, hubba. But the point is, if I come home in that condition and my wife throws me out, if she lets me back into the house on Friday, I didn't get a new house, okay? I got allowed back into the old one. Okay, and Joe Biden's job creation numbers are very dubiously framed as new when, in fact, they were pre-existing. But getting past that, you do have to applaud Chuck Todd for asking about the Hunter Biden thing. And the Democrat excuse again and again and again is what? Well, it's the president's son. It's not the president. You gotta do better than that. Hunter Biden is not being accused of being the president's son. He's being accused of funneling money to the president. Correct the mundo. So the answer here is not, you know, well, it's what do you make of this Hunter being related to Joe thing? No, the answer is, OK, this guy could potentially be, ha- be, you know, facing Americans with a compromised president. So you applaud Chuck Todd for at least having the goal to answer. Now, he did just take her response as suitable. Eh, I get it. Yeah, I'd like to do better. The president did a lot of good things. No, he hasn't. of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction. Okay, if you and 10 of your friends get an Uber XL and eight of you are heading down the highway convinced the driver's going in the wrong direction, okay, chances are the other two of you are drunk like the driver, heaven forbid, okay, because this country is a mess. But building on Chuck Todd's random act of journalism, he asked Klobuchar, 
about the popular conversation in, you know, not just Washington, but everywhere in the country, which is about Joe Biden's cognitive state. Here it is. Clip 42. We asked various questions having to do with President Biden and his ability to do the job. Uh, Does he have the mental and physical health to serve? Um, The concern among Democrats has doubled since October 2020. It was only one in five Democrats that had that concern before Election Day 2020. It's now over 40 percent. It's 43 percent. You were just with the president at the state dinner. Do you have any concerns? Uh, No, I don't. Uh, He did so well at that state dinner. Um, I think we all saw his power at the State of the Union. Our party is united behind him. Why? Because we work in a results-oriented business, Chuck, and he has gotten results. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Joe Biden showing his power at the State of the Union. If you remember, his second-to-last line was, Now's the time to choose between unity and schmeckenahamenahamenaha. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. The only thing he showed at the State of the Union is that they shot him up on B-12. And he started randomly screaming at some points, bizarrely whispering at others. Okay, this is a guy who has talked to dead people. This is a guy who has shaken hands with invisible people. And again, the Democrats try to say, well, he wasn't shaking hands, he was pointing. Oh, Well, in that case, (laughs) the point is someone is invisible. There's no one there. Okay, I don't care what his hand gesture is. I care that there's no one there to receive it. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't think you can. And when you hear something like the Democrats, okay, are quietly starting to acknowledge what we all know to be true. Thirty two percent of Americans think Joe Biden is cognitively and mentally fit to serve. Think about that. Would you hire a person to work any job if, if seriously, if 68% of the public didn't think they were mentally fit? Okay, if 10 of you run a gas station and a guy comes in to run the cash register and seven of you are like, no, no, not this guy. He is not mentally well. Okay, you wouldn't let him run the cash register. Okay, but here we are with a guy that 70% of the country doesn't think is mentally fit and we're willing to let him run the country? That's stupid. Use your common sense. Okay, and again, that's just one of the many reasons why he shouldn't be running the country. Yes, Joe Biden quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. Okay, and yes, it does appear that his son was running an influence peddling scheme when Joe Biden was serving eight years as Barack Obama's vice president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And getting past whether or not it did and, you know, all of the semantics of whether he was an unregistered foreign agent or not. The fact remains, Hunter Biden wouldn't have gotten that money if his dad wasn't the vice president. He didn't have a declared profession. He funneled the money through 15 shell accounts, none of which had a declared profession. So it looks to be a little bit of a racket. But getting past all of that, Joe Biden remains popular because of the fact that he's mentally compromised. That's a selling point in Washington because it allows other people to be the president. This guy ain't in charge. You hear him say it at press conferences. Oh, they gave me a list of who to call on. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. I better stop talking off script. They're going to get mad at me. Who is they? Oh, the people running the country. You see, that's the hook. We get on the air every day as conservatives, and we're like, oh, Biden's nuts. The elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. But only on the conservative side of the aisle is that a liability, because on the Democratic side of the aisle, they know the more screwed up Joe Biden is, 
the more powerful they become behind the scenes. Introducing Dementia by Calvin Klein. Dementia. A fragrance that treats everybody like royalty. God save the queen, man. Dementia is bottled exclusively at the White House, but how they do it is anybody's guess. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. Dementia. One whiff and all the ladies will want you. Dead or alive. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. Dementia. Bold. We're changing people's lives. Affordable. Pay them more. Confusing. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to foot him in uh, foot, foot. Excuse me. Dementia. Dementia by Calvin Klein. Now selling at the White House and coming soon to... Nash County, uh... You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the dang thing on the radio. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of the show. I will, of course, be on your TV show tonight as well. Uh, we're going to be on with Lawrence Jones hosting Fox News in the 8 p.m. time slot. That, of course, now set to change as Fox has announced its new primetime lineup. Starting July 17th, Laura Ingram is moving to the 7 p.m. show. Uh, that is a slot I appear on every Tuesday. So my work day just got a little shorter. Thank thank you, <laughs> sweet baby Jesus. I'll take the extra hour of sleep. Uh, Laura Ingram at 7. Jesse Waters, now the 8 p.m. host here on Fox News. Sean Hannity remaining in the 9 p.m. slot. And Greg Gutfeld moving up, our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, moving up to the 10 p.m. time slot. Uh, so tomorrow, when you see me on with Gutfeld, tomorrow night at 11, very well could be my last appearance in the 11 p.m. hour as they are moving his show up to 10. So that's a hot one. And congratulations to everybody involved. The great Trace Gallagher, who was on at midnight, now moves up to the 11 p.m. time slot. So congrats to Trace Gallagher out there on the West Coast. And thank you to everybody who has stuck with Fox, man. It's been a tumultuous spring over here. Uh, everybody yelling and screaming at us. Apparently, they weren't thrilled with one of the personnel decisions we made. But I'm still here. I'm taking the shots, doing the stand-up shows, hanging out at the bar with all of you maniacs. Man, it's been a wild spring. And uh, it's only going to get crazier this summer. We're heading out to Lexington, Kentucky. And then I will be at the Grand Opera House in St. Mary's, uh, Ohio. Uh, that is July the 29th. Then we're heading out to the... Green Valley Ranch in Henderson, Nevada, and that is August the 25th, if you'd like to see Kennedy I in person. Uh, if you want to hang with some other fabulous people like Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, he is joining us here on the show in a minute. We're also going to get into it with Democratic strategist Kevin Walling because we talk to both sides of the aisle on this show. So stay focused. Don't go anywhere. We're coming back with a report on Hunter Biden. 
after this. Hunter's a dirtbag. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. Oh, girl, it is the high-flying, death-defying Fox across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910, if you want a piece of this thing. Uh, last week's plea deal between Hunter Biden and the feds left a lot of Americans with more questions than answers. Are you the big man, Joe? That happens to be the big one, and we're going to walk through a lot of it in this moment. Mark Wayne Mullen is coming up. He is, of course, a senator from the great state of Oklahoma. And he will be weighing in on the latest developments in front of the Bidens, uh, which include that insane WhatsApp message that was uncovered last week where Hunter Biden is literally telling his Chinese business partner, I'm sitting here with my dad. Do what I say now. Sounds a little bit like shakedown territory. But what I found so funny is over on MSNBC, Barbara McQuaid, she's an analyst. Okay, MSNBC, you have to understand, they pushed the Mueller probe for three years. Trump is a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. Did they have any evidence whatsoever? The answer would be no. Did they have, no. Did they have anybody who came forward and put their name behind any of these allegations? The answer would be no. Did they have any bank records linking any money-changing hands? The answer would be no. No, they didn't. Okay, but when it comes to the Bidens, they have... All of that. I think he's got a point. Yeah, and the point is, there's a lot more here to run with when it comes to the Bidens than there ever was with Mueller, but no one in the country is doing a damn thing in the media. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage, and the editor that let it come out is garbage. Here's Barbara McQuaid on MSNBC telling you this is flimsy. Again, the Mueller probe was run for four years with nothing. It was opposition research bought and paid for by the Clinton campaign to create a counter narrative to her private email server. Okay, she had a big scandal on her hands. So what did the Clinton campaign do? We now know this through the Durham probe. Okay, the Clinton campaign created a false narrative that Trump was colluding with an alpha bank. That's just how white folks will do you. That's how they did him. Okay. And they leaked the story to the FBI. And once an operative for the Clinton campaign had confirmed that the FBI had the story in their possession, they then went to the media and said, hey, we've received a tip that the FBI is looking into connections between Trump and Russia. Never mind that they were the ones who handed over the tip. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Now understand, most of the media, which is to say all of the media, they knew Trump wasn't a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin, especially over at places like MSNBC. Why? Because their parent channel had put Trump on TV for 14 years as the host of Celebrity Apprentice. 
Do you realize how ridiculous that looks on its face to objective observers? If NBC airs Trump for 14 years in prime time and he's the highest rated show they have, for them to turn around one day because he declares himself a Republican running for president and be like, oh, this guy's an existential threat to all of us. Doesn't that make them an accomplice to that existential threat that we're now talking about? Ah, you have a good eye, my man. But you don't need a good eye to see how ridiculous that is. But here's Barbara McQuaid trying to defend the Hunter Biden text messages. Clip six. We have not verified it. It's based on a WhatsApp. We don't know the verification of that. We don't know whether Hunter was exaggerating when he talked to someone, if it was he, if it's authentic, when he said, my father's here with me. And it was when Joe Biden was not in office in between vice presidency and the presidency. Yes, I I, I read that statement and I find it to be awfully flimsy uh, on which to build any sort of an investigation. It just simply is some uh, sort of puffery by uh, Hunter Biden. You are so full of Okay, let me ask you this. They never were able to verify a single detail, a single one, not one. Not a, not a paragraph, not a text, not a tweet, not a carrier pigeon, not a smoke signal that Trump was colluding with Russia. Did that stop them from reporting on any of it? The answer would be no. No, it was all anonymously sourced bombshells. When it comes to Hunter Biden, she's trying to make it sound like this is all they have. You could tell me this mess, this text message is garbage. I doubt it's true. Why? Because it's on Hunter Biden's laptop. And the FBI, as we now know through the Durham report, verified the authenticity of Hunter Biden's laptop in 2019, which means a full year before they told us it was Russian disinformation in 2020. They already knew it was real. Okay, guys, that's criminal. Okay, but here is Joe Biden. And don't ever forget this. Telling you back in 20, I never spoke to my son about his business dealings. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader, if that's what happened? And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the presidency to try to do something to smear me. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. Now he's got the macho man worked up. Okay, let's jump in here for a second. Okay, because Joe Biden says he's never talked to his son about his business dealings. <laughs> We've now seen emails authenticated by the FBI as real. Hey, Hunter, really good meeting you and your dad the other day. Who are these people from? Hunter's business partners. We now know Hunter's business partners visited the White House 84 times, 84 times when Obama was president. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Do you think they were just there? They've just randomly bought a ticket and were taking a tour of the White House? The answer would be no. No, the answer would be no. They were there to meet Joe Biden. Okay, we have pictures of Joe Biden meeting Hunter Biden's business partners. We now have full physical evidence tracking the financial transactions sent to the Biden family over $10 million that was funneled through 15 different shell companies only to end up in the Biden grandkids' bank accounts is where the money went. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? You'd think that for all intents and purposes, they were laundering money. Okay, have you ever been involved in a legitimate business transaction 
where in order to pay the person, you had to send it through 15 different shell accounts. And in the end, it wound up in their grandkids' bank account? Of course not. It's a scam. Okay, but when Joe Biden, first of all, says, oh, I never talked to my son about his business, we know it's a lie. Okay, it's been proven up and down and sideways. But let's take it a step further. Because in that clip Joe Biden played where he was encouraging the media to look into Trump and, and corruption, you can't be intimidating a foreign government operative. That was the claim. I'm going to play it one more time. There's a reason. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader, Ooh. if that's what happened? And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the presidency to try to do something to smear me. I mean, dude. You're just another dirtbag. Huge dirtbag. And let me explain why. Because Biden's claim is, why is Trump trying to intimidate a foreign leader? Why is he leading on him and bullying? Here's Biden in 2018 bragging about how he intimidated a leader in Ukraine into firing a prosecutor who was looking into corruption by vowing to withhold foreign aid from that government. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. He should be behind bars. Okay, that's Joe Biden straight up saying, do as we tell you to, or you're not getting the foreign aid. Okay, that is everything they've ever accused Trump of doing in Ukraine. Meddling in Ukraine. Threatening to withhold assets from Ukraine. That's Biden bragging about doing exactly that, which only further underscores the point that we're living in a two-tier justice system. It's not lost on Teresa. She's out in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yo, Teresa. Oh, Jimmy. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. We're heading your way. It's getting serious. I can't wait. I just bought my I plane. I just bought my plane ticket like an hour ago. This is not a drill, what? Teresa. It's a real thing. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, we're gonna get nuts. This it's is gonna, awesome. No, it's gonna get nuts. I'm just telling. Don't make any plans for the entire week after because these shows get rowdy. They they don't end good wow. for anybody. But, I'm a little scared. No, uh, no, nah, nah, you'll be okay. You don't worry about nothing, no, girlfriend. Do I need to get my liver in, in check on that? <laughs> yeah, Tudor Dixon's coming. I think she has some black market contacts as a former governor nominee. <laughs> I think if worst comes to worst, we can buy some on Craigslist. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, definitely yeah. does. That's why we brought her out, because we knew how rowdy I it was going to get. Um, I love it. Did you watch the Klobuchar interview? No, I didn't watch it, but I've been hearing okay. all about it this morning. What a hot mess. <laughs> That's so true. Wow. Yep. Boy, and I really hope that people start jumping on Chuck Todd, because any time I got to listen to him, it's almost like The View. Yeah, it's so So true. bad. So <laughs> one-sided. I know. Well, but, at, le at least he asked the question. Um, they're being forced to ask the question because the Republicans are turning over a yeah. lot of evidence. And there's like this game yeah. going on now where we're just trying to see how long the media can go pretending none of this is happening before they're forced mm -hmm. to address it. And we're not there yet. I mean, the Republicans have turned over bank records, text messages, mm -hmm. <laughs> emails, and the media is still like, no, no, not going on. 
But, you know, it it's, can only go on for so long, and it does really make you think there's two different countries being run here. Well, and, and don't you think that the admission by Kolbachar saying that this was a Trump-appointed judge, to me, that sounds like an admission of a two-tiered uh, system of justice. Ooh, I mean, in a, in a way, now you say that, why? Because she's using the Trump-appointed judge thing to to discredit the allegation or to make the point that it would only be investigated by a Trump-appointed judge? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because it was a Trump-appointed judge, well, then— you know, it should be looked at differently. <laughs> so, no, it, it's either right or wrong here. Yeah, I mean, ideally. But that's sadly— There's, there's t- no Republican-Democrat. It's either right, is it legal, mm-hmm. or illegal. No, that's a good point, but that's definitely not the America we're living in. You know, it's sad, mm-hmm. but it's not the but case. But I, I hope that that comment mm-hmm. really sticks with the American people to say— you know, wow, that that doesn't make any sense. Why would one Trump-appointed judge be different? What if it was a Democrat-appointed judge? Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Republicans— Does that going to hide under the table? Or... <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. It's a weird one, uh, and I appreciate you throwing the challenge flag, but save your energy because July the 8th, we're getting nuts, girlfriend. <laughs> I'm ready I'll, for it. Bring I'll, it on. I'll see you in Holland. Be well. There she goes. The great Teresa in Grand Rapids, Michigan, not buying— what the Democrats are selling. And, you know, you can't blame her. You know, the thing is, to add to Teresa's point, sadly, this has become a reality of our time. Like when Trump is prosecuted, he's like, oh, it's a Democrat judge, you know, or Hunter, that's a Republican judge. That's a big part of it. But Teresa makes the biggest point of all, which is the the law should just be the law. Right should be right. Wrong should be wrong. And when it comes to Hunter Biden, we have seen a lot of wrong. Okay, a ton of wrong. Again, understand, this is what you need to know. Okay, Hunter Biden would not get any of this money if his dad wasn't the vice president. Okay, but while Hunter Biden's dad was the vice president of the United States, Hunter Biden, who had no background in the energy industry, you understand, Amish people know more about energy than Hunter Biden does. But Hunter Biden got millions of dollars in consulting fees in industries he had no background in, that happened to be doing business with the United States government. That's not right. And the money was not funneled to Hunter Biden like, hey, here's a check. Thanks. No, the money was filed through 15 different shell companies, none of which even bothered to have a professional occupation listed. They had names. They didn't have businesses, meaning these businesses weren't open to provide anyone with a service. They were opened to make it harder to trace the money that was transferred. Okay, that looks an awful lot like money laundering. That looks an awful lot like they didn't want anyone to know what they were up to because what they were up to, at best, was in a legally gray area. At worst, was an influence peddling scheme. And knowing how much evidence we have, I mean, the Obama Treasury Department flagged Hunter's business transactions on 150 different instances. They filed suspicious activity reports. Okay, we have a lot more evidence when it comes to Hunter Biden than we have anything else we've ever investigated on the right. So it does look an awful lot like a two-tier justice system. And we really are engaged now in this hilarious rodeo where the media is trying to hold on for as long as humanly possible without acknowledging that we have a bunch of people in Washington that are corrupt to the moon. Okay, and that's an awful lot of what it looks like. 
So they're going to continue to play defense. And now we don't know what's going on. What's up with Trump? (laughs) You believe these Republicans? I don't understand it, man. You know, but they don't want to talk to you about what matters. But the point I try to make on the show, if you're a first time listener on WVOS, hey, girl. Okay, the point I'm trying to make every day on this show is this stuff is not a win for a Democrat. Okay, it's a loss for all of us. If the president is compromised, we're all compromised. So when you hear something like, well, you know, media is good. It's good to be a liberal because the media never calls out your guys. Okay, but that's not good for you because the media's job is to hold people in power accountable, not to get people they like into power. But that's what's gone on now. We root for the party harder than we root for the country. And that's why everything is such a mess when you look around the world. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen in the next break. And then we'll have a word with Kevin Wallen because we talk to people on all sides of the aisle. If you want to be one of them, weigh in in the next hour, 888-788-9910. Did you follow the mutiny in Russia over the weekend? That was nuts. For a minute, it looked like there was a coup underway. Then the dude backtracked. He's now in exile in Belarus. But if you know anything about Putin, this doesn't generally end with like, a, you know, ah, well, we shook hands and made up. It usually ends really bad for people who oppose Putin. That's the problem with real, real dictators. That's the problem with countries that are run without any moral authority. You know, that's the problem with what we're facing in a lot of ways here in this country is we're starting to see and live and inhabit something that looks an awful lot like a two-tiered world. You know, COVID was a good example of that. A lot of things were shut down except for the people shutting them down. (laughs) A lot of the people who told you you couldn't go to public school were sending their kids to private school. And they would tell you in the next breath they were just looking out for you. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. That's exactly what they did. And then to top it all off, they told you that rain was caused by climate change. And then passed around the collection plate to make more money off you. It is a mess. But we're going to clean it up in the next hour with Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, who bats lead off when we come back right here on the big, bad one and only Fox Across America. Live from everywhere, USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is a headline-making day for two reasons. One, we are, of course, broadcasting for the first time in history on a brand-spanking new affiliate, WVOS. Hey, girl. But also because we can now confirm that one of your favorite guests on this show, we're talking about a superstar Oklahoma senator who used to do battle in the MMA octagon, could very well be returning to the octagon. Joining us to discuss this breaking news off the tippy top of the hour, Senator Mark Wayne Mullen is here. Hey, man, are you hitting the bag? What's up? 
<laughs> What's going on, man? How you doing? Well, I'm doing. I'm following you on Twitter, and I understand okay. somebody got a little mouthy over the weekend. Uh, for our audience, uh, I believe you have now challenged a Teamster boss to get in the ring well, and fight for charity. Is that what's going on? Well, he he called he called me out. I, I okay. didn't challenge him or call him out. I haven't ever done that in my life. Okay. I mean, I've been in Austin multiple times, but not from that. He this is this is Sean O'Brien is a, is a union Teamster mm-hmm. thug boss. I mean, he is truly a thug by all means. He's He's a, uh, you know, he says that the union is a militant organization. He says that, I mean, these are his quotes that he he thinks the mob mentality should return to the Teamsters. Um, he and and five other members of 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 his union direct line underneath him have been uh, indicted for extortion. Uh, they've threatened um, all types of people. They flashed tires of, of of vehicles. I mean, just a real absolute thug. And, um, and during a hearing, we got a little sideways. I don't like bullies. I never have liked bullies. I grew up with a, with a speech impediment, and I had to learn how to fight pretty quick because I couldn't argue with you. And, uh, and so bullies have a special place in my heart. And this guy popped off at the mouth and um, basically – well, not basically. He, he said, uh, said uh, any time, any place, cowboy. So I've ignored him since March, and I finally said enough's enough. MMA fight September 30th, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Wow! Uh, and so he uh, and said, you know, proceeds will go to go to charity. Mm-hmm. He's got three days to respond, and I'm not I'm not trying to do it for anything yeah. other than this bully needs his his he needs to be taught a lesson. <laughs> and he, he, he people talk really tough on mm-hmm. social media, mm-hmm. and I ignore it all the time. And I'm sure a lot of other people come out and try to challenge me off of this. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for challenges. I'm not looking to go back into the octagon. I retired 15 years ago from from mm-hmm. fighting. Mm-hmm. It's just this guy's a thug, and he needs to be taught a lesson. And you're going to call me out like that. I sat on it for three days, three or four days, and I thought, Jimmy, I'm not going to mess with this. And finally I said, you know what? I'm going to call his bluff, and I hope to God he does accept. I don't think he will, but I hope he does. We're going to have – If and he said he said anytime, any place. So I mm-hmm. said to also Oklahoma September 30th. Um, that'll give him three months to get his 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 butt in shape. Um, <laughs> it probably wouldn't hurt me to work out a little bit more too. Yeah, and uh, and man, we'll have a good time for charity. Well, that, well, that's that's the question I was going to ask. We're talking to Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, and you're saying all the right things that a senator is supposed to say. But now, speak to me as a guy who gambles for a living. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where does my money go? Because when I hear you say things like "we'll have a lot of fun for charity," that doesn't, you know, that that's not a strong enough sell for me. I need some Hulkamania oh, here. Not? Zero chance this game goes the distance, okay. um, but I do want to punish him a little bit. <laughs> you might carry him a little bit. No, I like this. This, 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 this is the kind of stuff that matters that'll inform my my listeners before they head to the window in Vegas on this whole thing. Well, well, <laughs> well listen, good for you. You know, you, you know, people. It's just, it's really, it's people do run their mouth all the time. You know that on social mm-hmm. media, but it's different when you're a union boss and you're used to saying this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, he, he he called me, which I don't care about that. I, you can call me whatever you want. You don't know me personally. I don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. This guy knew me because he was in the hearing. And it just, um, like, I mean, if you if you go to the tweet, you'll see I posted exactly what he said. Mm-hmm. And and then you'll see what I my response to it is. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's just sometimes, sometimes people do need their butt beat, you know, every <laughs> now and then, every now and then you, my dad, my dad, yep. butt beat my butt every now and then yep. I had it coming. Yep. My brothers, when I got a little too mouthy, when I was, cause I'm the youngest, um, they, 
they taught me a lesson. They put me in my place. You yep. know, I have been punched in the mouth a few times for running too much in the mouth. I get it. Yep. And I don't know if he has. And if he has, he's forgot what it's like. <laughs> oh, he's going to find out on September the 30th if I have my way. We're going to make this money. Well, listen, man, I-, I love all of this because I come from that same era. And the truth is we behaved a lot better then. Uh, fear is a great motivator. You don't want to get popped by your dad. So you learn to stop talking back to him pretty quick. You Amen. Know. Yep, and that's you know we're we're living in the opposite of this now. Now it's like your mouth. The worst, exactly. Or the worst, pop off to your mom in front of your dad. <laughs> Listen, I grew up in an Italian house, so it wasn't even like you get smacked. They used weapons. There were belts. There were spoons. <laughs> they were like true Italians. And it's funny though. Uh-huh. One thing I will add is my mom picked up the spoon like two years too late in life. Like my brother came home from college. He was like 21. I was like 19. We were a combined 500 pounds. We were in an argument and she ran up the stairs with the spoon and we just laughed at her. We're like, what are you, what are you making sauce? What's that thing doing here? You know, uh, since we're since we're telling childhood stories, just by the way, every every bust and I got I deserved. Uh, but yep. my, uh, I did, you remember you know the movie Glory? Yeah, yeah, fantastic. You, you know where unfortunately the guy leaves to go get boots and they catch him, they bring him back and they put him on the wheel and they're going to whip him. They take his shirt off and mm-hmm. he just stares at the person behind him when they're about ready to whip him because he's already been whipped so many times. Yep. Well, I came I, I came home from watching that movie. There were dollar movies, and so I had I had rode my bike to the movie theater to the dollar movies. And um, and I I came home and I was acting like an idiot and my mom told me to get my dad's belt because dad wasn't there so I will go and get dad's belt and I leaned over the recliner and I just looked at her and my brother's in the living room he went to the movies with me and he just starts laughing he knows exactly <laughs> what I'm doing and she proceeded to 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 wrap that belt around the back of my legs and I just looked at her I just looked at her for like I don't know for for probably at least six or seven of those swats and she took the belt and she threw it down she says your dad will deal with you dad um, came in the room I don't know probably 3 or 4 hours later and he says well I heard what you did to your mom he said, that means you're too big for me to bust you, so now I get to treat you like a man. And I thought, oh, my Lord, my life has just ended. <laughs> I have just screwed up. <laughs> it's rough, man. But the point is you've taken on some stiff competition, so the people at home trying to figure out where to bet their money, they should be encouraged by what we're hearing here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like I said, I don't think there's any chance in the world this guy accepts, but I hope he does. Mm-hmm. And um I mean I do I truly do. I do hope he does. Mm-hmm. Uh because it, it'd be it'd be gratifying a little bit. <laughs> I think people would love to watch it too. Um let's talk about this really quick though. Um because yeah. you're having a busy week. You did sponsor a bill, I believe, that pushes back against E V mandates, no? Yeah, well, you know, we're these these electric vehicles to which they are uh, trying to push down our throat. It's not practical. It's just, it's just honestly, it's, it's not even practical. We, it, it, it our, our grid system isn't even up to snuff. Um, even if we were to start upgrading our grid system today, just to carry the load that it needs, because mind you, yeah. it, for to charge two vehicles at night, mm-hmm. to charge them overnight, which your average household has two vehicles, it'll take it, it'll take um, a, a 200 amp service. Mm-hmm. Your house is 200 amp service. 
So you're going to have to double the amperage to every one of your house. So every, every an average house is a 200 amp service. You're to charge your vehicles. You're going to take all the juice in your house. So that means you're going to have to double it. Mm-hmm. In the summer, it's going to be ridiculous. So just to carry the load, you're going to have to upgrade all the grid system in the nation. You can't even get it permitted. Like you couldn't even get it permitted in seven years. If you started the permit process right now, mm-hmm. you couldn't because of the environmentalist that's going to sue you for everything you do. It would take seven years. Then you don't have the you don't have the, the generation of power to be able to get there because they've shut down the coal power plant, they're shutting down nuclear plant, plants, they're shutting down um, uh, um, a natural gas fire plants. And by the way, you're going to need this at night when the sun isn't shining and the wind is usually calm. So you, you, your solar, your renewables, your your winds, and your solar is going to be offline too. It's ridiculous what they're doing, and they know this. And so what we're trying to say is let's bring some common sense to this until we have the grid, until we have the technology to be able to catch up with what you're wanting to do. You can't do this. Yeah, it's it's crazy because we could talk practical, which obvious, you know, I agree with you. We know we don't actually have the wherewithal to pull it off. But then the other idea is we're empowering China, are we not, with every one of these green energy initiatives? We don't have the lithium to build it to build and make the batteries here. Uh, I was in I was in a conversation with a gentleman the other day, and he he's actually brought up a good point. If we're going to go to all EV EV vehicles and including switching the military to EV, then we need to have a a strategic stockpile of lithium, like we have strategic oil supplies, Mm -hmm. and and that strategic uh, 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 stockpile should be able to last us for over a year. And you're going, to, you're going to have to buy that. Really, the closest place for us to get it that China doesn't have control because China, mind you, between China and Russia, they control the five major mines for lithium around the around the world, mm-hmm. and uh, and China controls four of them. Russia controls one. So the only other option is really Brazil. Brazil has lithium, and so we'll have to try getting it from Brazil. But remind you that China now is making inroads into Brazil. Why? Because of lithium. They under, they're using our own stupidity against us from locking us in where we have to do business with China, which China – I don't know if we – I don't mean to go too deep yeah. here, but China has this Belt and Road Initiative. Yep. And, and the Belt and Road Initiative is to get everybody to build a road around the world and get every, all those roads, the exit ramps, to lead to China where everybody becomes dependent on China, and that's part of it. Mm-hmm. And we're playing right into their hands. The Democrats and their socialist environmental justice agenda is playing right into a communist party in, in, in China. It's crazy, man, but it's true because everything we're doing makes them stronger and certainly – you know is hurting the American energy sector and you know so much you know of our prosperity and so much of the world's prosperity hinges on us you know having a strong energy sector and it's something that really isn't spoken to they just yell at you that you're going to end the planet if you don't you know play along with their initiatives and then they fly off in a private jet like on some level don't you wish you could be a climate activist just to fly private on the weekends Oh man, yeah. I mean, if I was if I was Bloomberg or George Soros or, or John Kerry, I mean, I could preach it, but then I would go make sure I I, I spread the love across the world as I fly on my jet. <laughs> so I mean, it's and, a good and, racket. And, go ahead. Yeah, and keep in mind, China. The one thing China doesn't have is natural resources, mm-hmm. other than lithium. Yep. Uh, they don't. They don't have oil. They don't have gas. They don't have uh, coal. They, that's one thing that's prevented them from being an actual superpower because they don't have natural resources. They have to import all the resources. So if you go to war with China, China is only going to be able to be in that war as long as their stockpile is in place. Mm-hmm. 
So what they are slowly doing is cutting us by uh, – uh, uh, or slowly killing us is by cutting us by a, a, a thousand cuts yep. because they're literally letting, uh, letting us through – um, uh, through policy, through legislation, and using the Democrats to do so, taking away the one advantage we have, and that's our natural resources, and then we're going to turn around and be dependent on them because nothing will have the world, world to work without their lithium. What a scam, man. Like, really, though. And I get it, and you get it. I appreciate you speaking to it. But you got to get in the gym, man. Listen, I'd rap with you all day, but I, I need you hitting the bag, <laughs> whatever you got to do. Okay, was no, this- If this happens, Jimmy, you're going to be there, right? Dude, I'll show up. Are you kidding me? Come on. We're, on the, we're all over the radio down. <laughs> there we'll be down there in a second i might be the ring announcer so get it together that would be cool (laughs) well listen if we're doing it for charity and you fight on the 30th i'll make it work we'll get down there i'll be the ring announcer we'll do a little play-by-play we'll make this money uh but but i might have to bail and head to the casino to make my money back if you don't come through so get get in shape there's a good chance it'll be at a casino (laughs) that's true and i've stayed at that (laughs) casino it's nice all right good talk mullen get to the gym we'll see you soon all right see you brother my man there he goes the great oklahoma senator mark wayne mullen who has had it with a local Teamster boss. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. That's what he said. They got in a little war of words on Twitter. And Mullen said, hey, I'll fight you for charity, September the 30th. I love this. And he's the greatest thing in the world. I, I Listen, I, I wish. I think violent crime like stabbings and shootings would go down if we actually brought back fist fighting. I could never advocate for violence as a national radio host. But I feel like the world was a better place. You know, when people got smacked once in a while for getting out of line. Again, I'm not calling for violence. But one of the reasons we behaved in the home was because we feared our parents. Fear being the great motivator. You learned to behave because you didn't want to wind up on the wrong end of a belt or a spoon or a big right hand. You know, that's what went on when I was growing up. And you don't see us throwing cans of soup on paintings because of environmental policy or blocking traffic or spitting on cops. Could you imagine? My God, never. Okay, but this is a different generation. So maybe Mark Wayne Mullen is leading the way in some type of a resurgence where we get a little rougher again just to turn this society around. I would sign up for it in a second. We're back after this. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Holding this country together one radio break at a time. It's a mess out there. People are worked up. People are... People are at their wits' end right now. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. (laughs) A lot of people feel that way. I'm trying to be that port in a storm. Take the edge off a little bit. We're going to talk about the 2024 election in the next break because there's some fantastic new polling out. Probably good news if you're voting Trump, at least in the primaries. Uh, If you're running, throwing your weight behind anybody else, uh, you got some bad news this week. My goodness gracious. And I have to tell you, man, as these situations play out, we're talking about primaries and everything in between, it's purely speculative right now because until we get onto that debate stage in August, the first debate is, of course, on the Fox News channel August the 23rd, going to be moderated by Brett Baer and Martha McCallum. Uh, until they actually get in the ring with each other and face live ammo, it's hard to have a good gauge on who's really going to walk away with this thing. But if you were looking, you know, in the last coming weeks for some type of a dip in Trump's poll numbers based on the indictments that came out, 
Wrong. Everyone who predicted it was wrong. We're going to share updated results in the next break. And man, oh boy, oh man. I think what you're starting to see now, you know, because everybody had told us, oh, if we make Trump the president, it's going to destroy faith in our institutions. That's what they all said. And they all turned out to be right. Except it wasn't Trump destroying faith in our institutions. It was our institutions doing it to themselves. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. 100%, man. Whether you're talking about the FBI or the DOJ or the CIA, everybody that has come out and told the government or, excuse me, told the country one thing and ultimately done another and found out to be, you know, manipulating things behind the scenes did more to discredit themselves than they did to discredit Trump. And I think when people look back on Trump's first four years in office, or if, in fact, they become the only years he spends in office, I think they will be historic, not so much for what he did, but for what was done to him. You have never seen a government fight its own elected leader as hard as they did under Trump. Okay, and that is it's really unprecedented. But while Trump was trying to lead the country, he was, you know, getting blitzed every down by the people who are actually inside the country. What the hell is the world coming to? I don't know, but it's about to get a heck of a whole lot more interesting with this latest plot twist coming from some NBC polls and, of course, some CNN polls as well. And if you know anything about CNN, you know, they've been out there every day for the last five years telling you that's it for Trump. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Not the people in this poll were about to play for you. So don't go anywhere. We're getting out onto the campaign trail on the Republican side of town when we come back right here on the big bad one and only Fox Across America. These incredible poll numbers are one of the main reasons the Marxist left is weaponizing the criminal justice system to try and stop us. If I wasn't running, or if I was doing badly in the polls, all of this investigation bull would stop immediately. Stop immediately. And I did nothing wrong. It's under the Presidential Records Act. (laughs) (laughs) It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The one thing you got to love about Trump, man, (laughs) <laughs> and, it, and it does appear people truly love it, according to new polls that are out today. But the one thing you've got to like is the candor. Uh, we never got this. We never got this out of presidential candidates in the past, let alone presidents. You know, this whole affair, for as long as we could remember, you know, running for president was very pretentious. It was like the Miss America pageant, you know, where women would get on stage and play the harp and wish for world peace. But in this beauty pageant, you know, women are getting out there and stripping, and the crowd is just absolutely eating it up. I love it when you talk dirty. I'm just saying, okay, you never see this lack of a filter. And I think, again, it's understated, but it's one of the main things that really rally people to Trump's side as he's not speaking to them in carefully curated sound bites. The other issue he has is he's not acting in carefully curated manners, meaning he did, in fact, you know, potentially take home records that have left him susceptible to charges that, to be clear, wouldn't happen to any other politician. Tell him like it is. Okay, after everything we learned last week from the Durham probe, as, a, as a, you know, pertains to the origins of the Mueller probe, okay, Trump is being charged in an unprecedented fashion, 
meaning they proved, you know, above and beyond any doubt whatsoever, the Mueller probe was a, as Trump said, a witch hunt. Okay, it was started completely on the unsubstantiated Steele dossier, something that couldn't even be partially substantiated by the guy who generated the content. He was offered a million dollars by the FBI. You know, hey, can you substantiate any of this? We'll give you a million dollars. His response. The answer would be no. No, I can't. Okay, so we understand that Trump was charged the first time around and maybe impeached the second uh, based on nothing other than the political motivations of the people running the upper echelons of our government. Knowing that to be the case, as he heads into a court trial over his handling of classified information, something that was set to start in August but now appears to be starting in December, it's not affecting any of Trump's poll numbers because I don't think – Anybody trusts the justice system in this country anymore, and it'd be hard you know, for them to do so, seeing all the double standards that we've witnessed and understanding that when it comes to Trump, we've heard the story before. So let me read you these polls because it's fascinating stuff. According to the latest NBC poll, 51 percent of Republican voters list Trump as their top choice in the GOP primary. DeSantis is coming in second with 22 percent of the votes. Pence is in third at 7 percent. So my man Tim Scott isn't even on the medal podium right now. And that, you know, could change one way or the other. But the fact remains the indictments aren't hurting Trump. Okay, when this survey was released back in April, 46 percent of Republican voters supported Trump. Thirty one percent said they were backing DeSantis. So what we're seeing here is the indictments are making Trump stronger. Okay, 77 percent of GOP primary voters said the federal charges give them minor concerns or no concerns, which was 63 percent. Okay, so understand, 77 percent of GOP, they don't even care about the indictments. And to be clear, you can't really expect them to. Is it a liability in the potential general election? Yeah, probably. Okay, I don't know that you can pull off independent voters. I don't know if you can pull off Democratic swing voters with the amount of baggage Trump has, mainly because the media has already succeeded in characterizing Trump as as some, you know, hothead who's going to get us all killed and he's a racist and everything in between. Never mind that none of it's true. Okay, none of us, you know, journalism in this country is dead and buried. Totally. It's activism masquerading as journalism. But in a lot of corners, it has worked. So I don't know that Trump is getting stronger in the general election with each indictment that comes his way. My gut is that he's getting weaker. But in the short term, okay, he needs to win the nomination before he can overcome whatever limitations he has in the general. And according to the latest polling, this also from NBC, okay, in hypothetical Trump-Biden rematch, Biden's out on top right now with 49%, with Trump receiving just 45%. Now, to be clear... That's like margin of error stuff. And that's like before people have had another year and a half of looking at Biden falling when he's trying to get off stage. Come on, man. Okay, have you been watching this stuff? And we opened the show on this today. Joe Biden's in a really sad spot. And the last time around, they had the coronavirus pandemic to justify hiding him at home. This time around, they don't have the pandemic. So it's going to look a little more brazen if the guy's running another basement campaign. But the reality is, if the Democrats really want Biden to be the nominee, they're going to have to run a basement campaign because the guy's a mess. I agree with that. Okay, they can't have him out there day in and day out telling you we're going to save the queen and 
talking to you about the oil cancer he got from his mom's windshield wipers. We have a president that is clearly not all there. That's the concern. So you understand, you know, as much as I come at this from a sports perspective, I always say, hey, man, I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host, and I like to handicap politics tell you who I think is winning, who I think is losing, and why. I don't know why I'm doing an impression of myself. I'm right here. But the point is, it was a long weekend, kids. But the point is, okay, understand that from an execution standpoint, I've been telling you it's an uphill battle for Trump and the general. But if the numbers are this close and Biden really is the nominee, there's just no way to rule him out. Okay, let me give you a little more, though. Let me give you a little more. Same survey found that 68% of those polled stated that Biden's mental and physical health was a major to moderate concern for them. Think about that. You're running for president of the United States. 68% of the people are concerned about your physical and mental well-being. Would any of you listening hire a babysitter if you had concerns about their physical and mental well-being? I think we all know the answer. So you understand what the Democrats are asking for here is not for you to hire a babysitter, but for to put this guy in charge of every single man, woman, and child in the whole entire country. That can't be good. Not good. Okay, that's a mess. Let me give you a little more. Okay, when asked if they agree with Trump remaining the party's leader, nearly half of GOP voters said yes, with 21% saying they believed he was a good president, but it was time to consider other leaders. Okay, there are other polls out today as well. A CNN SSRS poll uh, talking about a potential Trump-Biden rematch. Survey finds 33% favored Trump, 32% were opting for Biden, 36% viewers uh, viewed neither positively, meaning do we have to do this again? Specifically among registered voters, 31% preferred neither front-running candidate. So a lot of people are willing to move on, okay? You know who's not willing to move on? Donald Trump. Bingo. Okay, this guy is in it to win it, okay? And talking to you again from a, a, a sports standpoint, Donald Trump really is the Joe Frazier of politics and that he's willing to eat as many punches as he has to. He's just going to keep coming at you. So heaven forbid, okay, he gets close enough to land that left hook like he did in 2016. You got a really big problem. That's who Trump is. Okay, do you remember when Joe Frazier fought Muhammad Ali? Muhammad, excuse me. When Joe Frazier fought George Foreman, he was knocked down, I believe, seven times in three rounds, but just kept getting up, just kept coming right at him. OK, that in a lot of ways is Donald Trump. He's been knocked down a gazillion times, but he won't stop coming at the Democrats. This could be a problem. Oh, they're horrified. Here's Trump yesterday speaking in Washington uh, about the fact that he thinks his indictment is basically a human shield for everybody else they want to go after. It is clip 17. Every time the radical left Democrats, Marxists, communists, and fascists indict me, I consider it a great badge of courage. I'm being indicted for you, and I believe the you is more than 200 million people that love our country. They're out there, and they love our country. So he's fired up. The crowd's fired up right there with him. Now, I want to be clear about this, because there is a distinction to be drawn, Okay. When they do throw that line out there at you on the right, like, oh, if they could indict Trump, they could indict anybody. Yes, assuming anybody had possession of classified documents that they perhaps shouldn't have had. Okay, assuming anybody was in the position 
to have paid off a Stormy Daniels and potentially violated a law in the process. I'm not telling you Trump is guilty, but I am telling you uh, his behavior has played a role in what went on here. Okay. that being said, the last four or five years have left people with more doubts about the integrity of the DOJ than they have about Donald Trump, meaning Trump has maintained his support. The DOJ has not. So if you were to ask me who's in a better footing going into the showdown over classified documents, I'd tell you Trump. But that's one of the main reasons there's such a big effort being made in the media right now to undercut the momentum he has, and it only continues to expand. And one of the reasons why it continues to expand, and this is interesting, is I was talking to a pollster last week. I was on with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy on the bottom line. We were on with pollster Lee Carter, and she was telling us on the air that DeSantis, despite the big war chest and despite all the successes he's had in Florida, okay, is running into a real problem in terms of his likability with voters, okay? And apparently, despite the spends, he isn't making the progress. He isn't closing the the gap as quickly as they thought he would because the connection to the voter isn't there on the level that the Trump connection is. It's interesting. I don't know how that's going to play out, but I do know that could be a reason why Trump continues to grow in support. That and the fact that these indictments are very much creating a rally around the flag, you know, mentality where people realize this is, you know, the hundredth attempt at D.C. to come after this guy in an unprecedented manner. Okay, Mike Pence, I want to give you a Pence clip really quick, made a really good point over the weekend about how they're trying to frame this. Because right now, you know, there's this whole, you know, media blitz about whether or not you're going to pardon Trump. If you're a Republican president, are you going to pardon Donald Trump? If, in fact, he gets found guilty and Pence drew a good, healthy distinction and he said, "Whoa, I'm not going to answer this hypothetical because you're asking me to assume he's guilty. And if anybody knows about whether or not the feds are capable of cooking up a bad case on Trump, it's the guy who served alongside of him for four years. So Pence does a good job of reframing this issue. It's clip 21. I don't understand why some of the other people running uh, for president in the Republican primary assume that the president will be found guilty. I, I think it's it, I think it's terribly premature uh, and, it, and it shows really a disrespect for our judicial system to talk about that now. I, I think, uh, look, the, the, the charges in the indictment are serious and uh, I can't defend what is alleged, but the president's entitled to his day in court. And I think we need to let the process go forward. Let the former president uh, make his case. I admire your honesty. And everybody listening who hates Mike Pence because he wouldn't upend the 2020 election the way Trump wanted him to, you know, you got to realize Mike Pence is a principled dude. Okay, here he is taking a stance on behalf of what he believes to be right, despite the fact that there were Trump voters chanting, hang Mike Pence. Despite the fact that the president completely turned on the guy, Trump, who tells you all the time DeSantis is disloyal because he's running against Trump, understand Trump is not president. Were it not for Mike Pence convincing evangelical voters to support Donald Trump? He knows what he's talking about. There can be no President Trump without a vice president Pence. So when Trump lectures you about loyalty and everything, come on, give me a break, man. Is he loyal 
uh, to a guy like Mike Pence who risked it all for him? <laughs> no, nor was he loyal to the Jeff Sessions of the world or the Rex Tillersons of the world or the Mad Dog Mattises of the world, okay? The Bill Bars of the world, everybody who stood by him. Again, I'm not here to disparage Trump. I'm just here to give you an honest assessment of the situation, okay? And to be clear, even if I was disparaging Trump, I don't think it would have any impact on the guy, okay? As it stands, he is walking away with this nomination. You know, when the old adage, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, certainly seems to be applying to this potential nominee. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. They're playing Bang Your Head. And I'll tell you who's banging their heads. It's the people bankrolling the DeSantis campaign. Governor of Florida, despite having all the right policy positions, despite being, you know, one of the most popular governors in the country, not making the inroads they thought he would be making at this point against Trump, despite not one but two indictments. Here's Jeff Mason. He's on Fox News Sunday yesterday with the great Shannon Bream. Mason, of course, is the Reuters White House correspondent. And he's talking about the internal concerns on the DeSantis campaign. This is clip 24. Well, it is getting serious. I think that that assessment is probably one that's shared by some other Republicans who expected that Governor DeSantis would come in and really knock the socks off of the Republican Party and certainly the people out there in the Republican realm who did not want to support uh, former President Trump. That said, it's still early. Uh, President Trump does have a huge, huge lead, but that poll shows that there is room for movement, and the fact that, that Governor DeSantis has moved a little bit is no doubt giving some hope to his supporters. Wrong. Now, his supporters are still optimistic. They have a ton of money, and they have the reality that the guy they're hoping to catch could go to jail. Okay, understand, if Trump winds up in jail, I don't agree with this. I don't think he should be charged. I think it's Banana Republic stuff. But I'm talking to you now as like a sports handicapper. If Trump is in jail, he's not going to win the presidency. He's not, it's not going to happen, okay? Whether we agree with the prosecution or not, if you can't pull swing voters and suburban female voters and you can't pull independents, okay, when you're not in prison, I promise you, you're not going to pull them when you are. Okay, it's just a sad reality of the time we happen to be in. So could DeSantis close the gap? Yes. But from what we've seen so far in terms of his likability issues, it's far more likely if Trump is out of the race that somebody else might close the gap. Okay, this is where you might see a Tim Scott make a run. And I got to be honest, the Democrats internally are feeling the same way because Obama was out over the weekend again, making more comments about inequality and wealth and everything in between. We're going to discuss it in the next hour with Kevin Walling, who is, of course, a former surrogate on the Biden campaign. That's what Walling was doing. What an idiot. No, but that's what he did. And he continues to stump for the president. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Maybe so. But the whole hook of this show, something worth mentioning when we're broadcasting for the first time in the legendary WVOS up in New York, upstate, Sullivan County, the Catskills. Hey, girl. Uh, is we talk to every side of the aisle. You're not listening to an activist show. There's a lot of people out there that are yell and scream at you all day and get you worked up about the government, sell you a bunch of books, make a bunch of money, and change nothing. Okay, we are a solutions-based show. 
and we are very confident in our own ideas, which is why we will bring on any ideas to compete with them, because we are willing to stand our ground. We are willing to fight the idea battle and win, damn it. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Every freaking time. So the great Kevin Walling, Democratic strategist, going to be joining us in studio for a grown-up talk about all things 2024, including the most pressing question on every American's mind, which is have they picked out Joe Biden's nursing home yet? (laughs) We'll get some answers when we come back right here on the Big Bad, one and only Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Big hour coming up of Fox Across America. We're going to be reaching across the aisle, and we're going to talk to a man who was a surrogate for Joe Biden. That was embarrassing. No, stop it. We're not doing that here. This is a talk show. I'm not an activist. You want to hear what the other side has to say? Democrats are so full of crap. Maybe so. But I still love Kevin Walling, and he's going to be joining us in this hour. 888-788-9910, the phone number if you'd like to join us as well. It is, of course, a historic day on Fox Across America as we are broadcasting for the first time in history on the legendary WVOS up in Sullivan and the Catskills. So shout out to you guys for having such fine taste in radio. Uh, Everybody gets a shout out. It's Monday. You're trying to get the week off on the right foot. The only guy I'm really not happy with right now looking around the country is Barack Obama. Don't be thick, all right? I told you this last week, and we're going to talk to Walling about it a little bit in this hour. The Democrats are trotting out Obama very early in the election cycle. Traditionally, he wants nothing to do with campaign until the end. You know, come out get a couple of big applause breaks and yell and scream about, you know, how evil the Republicans are and how oppressed we are in this country. It's really embarrassing stuff to watch the Democrats use the first black president to get out there and tell black Americans that they're oppressed and they can't get ahead in this country. I'm like, hello, does anybody own a mirror? Okay, you wouldn't hire a 500-pound person to lecture the country on food insecurity. Yet here we are with a man who held the highest elected office in the land being trotted out a lot earlier than usual because Tim Scott is in the race and he's nullifying a lot of the Democrats' attack plan, which if you followed politics in the last 10 years, you know the Democrats basically have one social pressure campaign for every issue. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. That was everything. You got to get the COVID vaccine. COVID's racist, disproportionately harming people of color. Climate change. We need climate reparation. The weather is disproportionately harming people. Voter ID. It's Jim Crow on steroids. You got to do do our thing or you're racist. Everything is vote for us or you're a racist. Vote for us or you're a transphobe. And you understand when the guy like Tim Scott gets out there and says, hey, my grandfather was a slave. I went on to become an elected member in the House and the Senate. Anything's possible in this country. The Democrats are like, hell no, (laughs) you can't be doing that. And it's crazy. You know, in the old adage in sports is you are what your record says you are. Bill Parcells used to say that back when the New York Giants were a pretty good team. Okay, Bill Parcells would say you are what your record says you are. If you're two wins and five losses, I don't want to hear that you looked good in practice, that you caught some bad breaks. You're two and five. Shut up. Own it. You know, and of course, if you're five and two, 
Don't get down on yourself. You're five and two. You got a lot to work with. Well, when it comes to America, our record says we are the most tolerant and inclusive society on earth. Dude, we have a month. (laughs) You talk about inclusion. We have a month devoted to pride that, to be clear, is 12 months long. Okay, every business is trotting out a pride flag and lecturing you about diversity and inclusion and tolerance and everything in between in this country. Okay, there are parts of the world where you couldn't have a pride half hour without being imprisoned or killed. And I'm not saying those folks should be the standard by any stretch of the imagination. I'm saying we should have some perspective. America, a country that elected a black president twice with overwhelming support from the white community is not a racist country. That's true. That is true. Not even remotely close to racist. But here is Obama. Last week he was lecturing Tim Scott for saying what? Well, Tim Scott out here saying, you know, black Americans can get ahead. (laughs) That's no good. We can't have that. That was Tim Scott. That's what they tried him out to do last week. And then I'll give you this week's clip. Here is Obama last week. I just thought this was so funny. It's clip 29. I haven't spent a lot of time studying Tim Scott's speeches. I think there is a long history of African-American or other minority candidates within the Republican Party who will validate America and say, everything's great and we can all make it. I mean, Nikki Haley, I think, has a similar Mm -hmm. approach. She does, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Look at me. I'm an Asian Asian, uh, Indian-American woman. And my family came here and we worked hard. Clarence Thomas has probably gave the same speech at some point, I mm-hmm. uh, guarantee in some commencement, as did Alan Keyes, the first guy that I ran against. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Seriously, because what is he saying? He has a long history of African-American, other minority candidates within the Republican Party who will validate Americans who say everything's going to be all right. We can all make it. Hello, that's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Barack Obama, if you remember, ran for president on a slogan of, yes, we can. You can do it. But now they've changed the entire Democratic ethos to no, we can't. They want you to depend on the government. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. But because that's the mindset, that's how they're trying to get ahead, is runaway spending in Washington that will finance codependency from society. Obama, the yes, we can guy, has now become the no, we can't guy. He's now part, another instrument, another tool in their arsenal to push racial grievance on the world. That's what they're doing now. And Tim Scott, to his credit, called this out really well last week when he was on with Sean Hannity. He summed it up this way. The left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. (laughs) And it's spot on true. Okay, the left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. Okay, think about what we're talking about right now. We're not talking about the left's record for delivering for black Americans. Barack Obama, okay, the first black president, presided over an unemployment rate for black Americans that's almost triple of what it is right now. So it's a lot easier to have Obama come out and be like, well, you know, these black conservatives telling you we can make it. We can't make it. It's laughable on its face. He was the president. You can make it. But they don't want to run on their record. That's the point. Okay, when you look at what's going on right now around the country, whether you're talking about crime, where the black murder rate is up 30 percent under Joe Biden, you're talking about inflation, which is at a 40 
year high, or you're talking about the border, which has just broken an all-time high for illegal border crossings, which also, by the way, has resulted in a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. All of this stuff is happening under Joe Biden. Biden is such a disaster. But Obama, in coming out to stump for him, isn't going to make the point that, hey, oh, black America, vote for Biden. You can get more inflation. If you like $4 a gallon, how about $5? (laughs) If you like 6 million illegal border crossings, how about 8 million? Okay, they can't run on anything. So they're out there, as Tim Scott said, whenever they're losing the argument, the idea argument, they weaponize race. So here's Obama over the weekend. And this is this is silly stuff like this is straight, you know, Barnum and Bailey. There should be a bear riding a tricycle behind him. This is circus clown stuff. Here is Obama lecturing us on CNN. CNN is the worst. Maybe so. But here is Obama. Okay, telling us that the inequality in wealth in America is similar to the inequality in news coverage of boat tragedies. You know, that submarine that exploded when it was going down to see the Titanic last week. Obama using that as a metaphor for income inequality in the country. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I mean, come on, man. Straight clown stuff. Here it is, clip 25. Our democracy is not going to be healthy with the levels of inequality that we've seen generated from globalization, automation, uh, the decline in unions, uh, obscene inequality. You think about news of the day. Generally, we're not talking about news of the day. But right now we have uh, 24-hour coverage, and I understand it, of this submarine, the submersible uh, uh, that that tragically is right now lost at the bottom of the sea. Um, At the same time, right here, in at just off the coast of Greece, we had 700 people dead, 700 migrants who were yeah. apparently being smuggled uh, into here. And you know, we've it's made news, but it's not dominating in the same way. This guy's a serious ass. So what's he saying? Well, we need a. We have racist TV coverage. We don't cover the migrant ship as much as we cover the expensive submarine. But understand when he I don't I don't even know where he's going with this because it's just stupid other than he's trying to tell these new. Well, we must be racist as a society that there's more concern for this vessel that could be trapped underwater. We don't know if they're running out of oxygen. We don't know if they exploded. I think part of the intrigue when it comes to the submarine is obviously the Titanic is such an you know culturally iconic event for every generation that subsequently followed the sinking of the Titanic. Okay, I also think there's this reality of the unknown. Are they dead? Are they alive? Are they out of oxygen? Okay, but even so, when you're on there, on CNN, saying to the network, well, you know, news networks could have been covering the migrant ship more. Okay, when the CNN anchor is nodding his head yes, okay, CNN was one of the people who chose not to cover it to that extent. But what is he trying to do? We don't know what their motivation for covering it was. The truth is the way news works is very much predicated on what else is going on in the world. The visibility of a story is based solely on what it's competing against. You dig? On you know September 11th, 2001, Gary Condent got out of bed as the number one trending news story in the world. 
because he was having an affair with an intern who had ultimately gone missing and wound up being found dead, that being the late Chandra Levy. But on September 11, 2001, when Gary Condon got out of bed as the number one trending news story in the world, he did not go to bed that night as the number one trending news story in the world. Why? Because the most horrific terror attack in the history of the country took place and literally threw him off the back pages and front pages of the newspapers. Okay, the relevance of a particular story always has to do with what it's up against. So when Obama tells you, well, you know, look at the coverage for this submarine versus, you know, several weeks ago when we had the same migrant ship. Is that the same news cycle? (laughs) Okay, at the time the migrant ship went missing, they were getting ready to indict a president for the first time in the 246 year history of the country. Okay, there were other things going on. But getting past that, when Obama comes out to lecture you about income inequality, Barack Obama is a billionaire. Think about that. Barack Obama is opening up a presidential museum in Washington, excuse me, in Chicago, that is displacing the local residents because it's become too expensive to live there. Okay, not only has it become too expensive, but some of them were kicked out by eminent domain laws because they were like, we're opening a museum here. But is Barack, man of the people, in income inequality fighter, living anywhere near any of those poor people he purports to care about? The answer would be no. No. Barack Obama, guy who wants you to believe the sea levels are rising, is currently presiding over not one but two beachfront mansions. One, a $30 million compound in Martha's Vineyard. The other one, I believe, a $52 million compound in Hawaii. You know, for a guy who tells you the sea levels are rising and we're all going to drown, he seems pretty cavalier about moving his family to the tip of the ocean. Does he not? Okay, but this is what's so embarrassing, because all of the things he purports to care about are being caused by Democratic policies. When he says, oh, you know, you look at the income inequality being generated from globalization and automation, everything in between, understand the biggest accelerator of income inequality the biggest transfer of wealth in the history of this country from the middle class to the rich were the lockdowns that Democrats pushed. Okay, that crushed small businesses. You know what else crushed small businesses? The vaccine mandate, because they had a much harder time getting employees, and it limited the amount of shoppers who could come into the store. You know what else crushed small businesses? The enhanced unemployment benefits that Obama and the Democrats were pushing. Because it paid money, people more money to stay home than it did to go to work. So ultimately, small businesses had a harder time hiring. You know what else crushed small businesses? Okay, a 40-year high in inflation, which has driven up the price of everything and crushed people from an overhead perspective. Every time the Democrats go out and spend more money, they're throwing a drowning man a sofa. But Obama will get out there and yell and scream about racism because it's a lot easier to pretend we're racist based on our interest in sinking ships than it is to own the harm that you yourself and your policies have done to the people that you purport to care about. You are correct, sir. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. 
doing the damn thing on the radio, heading over to the TV tonight. I will be on Fox News tonight. Lawrence Jones in the host chair. Tip-off is at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Tomorrow night, I will be on Gutfeld with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. Uh, You'll also see me on Fox & Friends at 6.50 Eastern time tomorrow morning. That'll be a banger. Wednesday night, I'm on Waters World with Jesse Waters. Thursday night, you will see me and Sean Hannity get the band back together. Friday, I'll be en route to St. Louis with my family, with Jenny Fala and Lincoln Fala, getting some uh, much-needed time off. All right. Well, I will be filming some stuff for the 4th of July special while I'm out there, but then we're going to be off. Then we're going to get rowdy. We're going to a Cardinals game. Me and the Link Man. Are you kidding me? Oh, we are pumped up. We know how to do a ball game. I mean, it's the best life advice I'll ever give you. Okay. I, I say this all the time. Like, hey, we're in the fun business. Like, we're good. My family's really good at having fun. We were broke our whole lives. So we were great at having fun when we were poor. And uh, we've gotten a little bit better at it uh, now that I'm not quite selling pictures of Jenny's feet on OnlyFans to pay the bills. <laughs> we've been able to scale that back a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, nonetheless... Where, you know, when we get some free time, we do it right. And uh, my advice to you uh, as we're approaching a holiday weekend is there's just so much to be thankful for, man. You live in America, you hit the lottery. And a lot of people forget that because our politics have a way of really breaking you down. Because, you know, so much of what we watch in news every day revolves around what's wrong with the country. Like, I do declare that if you did a show about what's right about this country, you'd kill right now. Kill! But we've gotten so used to the infighting that we're kind of like an outlier. We're kind of like counter-programming. The guy who gets on the air and is like, no, nah, it's going to be all right. We can do it. It's a mess, but we can do it. Like, that's, it's, that's me. That's kind of what I'm doing here. I always say the world's on fire and we're roasting radio marshmallows. That's very much the case because the truth is, as bad as this country is, you still hit the lottery by virtue of the fact that you live here. I mean, really think about it. If we're the, if we're the richest country in the world here, and things seem a little dicey here. Do you know what they look like in other parts of the world? I think he's got a point. Okay, I'm telling you, because I care. you got a lot to be thankful for as you listen to this right now. You could be having a bad day. You could be having a messy Monday. You could be in a fight with your spouse or your boss or whoever the hell it happens to be. But be glad you're here to be in that fight. Other thing I'll tell you is be glad you don't listen to Morning Joe. That show, I'm going to play a clip later because Kevin Walling's coming up. It really, I do believe that Joe Scarborough is on the air as an interrogation tactic in Guantanamo Bay. Now that you can't waterboard people anymore, I think they just threaten them with clips of Joe and Mika. And we are going to get into a clip from the Joe Scarborough show. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Hey, if I gotta listen, you gotta listen. That was the deal here. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're getting ready to talk to a man who is a surrogate for Joe Biden. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. I disagree. I love this guy. He is a fan favorite on the show, despite our political differences. Uh, we agree on each other. Kevin Walling is here. Hey, girl. Yeah, uh, We do agree on each other. One of these days, I want to be in charge of the sound effects. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> 
You know what? I would. You're the one guy I would. I would actually do this. I. I think they would be. That you'd use discretion. Like I have worse sound effects than this for. Oh yeah. Somebody disagrees I mean, with me. Go ahead. Kevin Walling is is nothing but not discreet. <laughs> no, that's you do. I. It's the subtlety I like about it. That's the point. <laughs> Kevin Walling is a great guy. Not even close. Stick with me though. Let's have this talk. <laughs> Good to hear your voice, pal. Uh, we we reported at the top of the show today uh, a random act of journalism. Chuck Todd uh, was out there questioning Amy Klobuchar to some extent anyway about the Bidens. Were you a little surprised to see the media demonstrating some intellectual curiosity as it pertains to the president's age? Uh, do we know if Chuck Todd is still alive after uh, ambushing Amy Klobuchar on the street with a question? Can we get a, can we get a proof of life on you, that front? you got to be careful with her. She'd salad with you a comb. Wanna, she could stab you. You don't want to come up qu- quick on uh, Senator Klobuchar. <laughs> um, let me ask you this, though, because it's the question was asked at, at the very least. Are you uh, a little concerned about the concerns over the president's age and cognitive state? Not one bit. I think he's totally up for the job, um, and I think he's going to run hard. Uh, I saw some recent polling. He's going to run it. hard. Hold on, he didn't. First, he didn't even run last time. I'm going to obviously well, let you make the point. A, we had a little pandemic. Going oh, on but there they hid behind the pandemic. The other guy ran. the The other guy yeah, not only got, ran, but he continued to run after he lost. <laughs> he continued to run after he lost, and he got COVID that nearly killed him, uh, and sent him to Walter Reed for a week, where he then tried to kill the, the, his challenger on the debate stage. Well, listen, man, you got to politics is a dirty one way. I mean, it's one way to win. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. Kevin Walling's on the phone. Uh, But no, do you really genuinely think he's going to get out there and run hard? I mean, he he announced a reelection campaign and didn't have an event for six weeks. Does that strike you as a a hard effort? Because it doesn't to me. Well, so here's the silly thing about this in terms of like, you know, I saw the reporting. Oh, he isn't doing campaign events and stuff like that. Everything the president is doing right now is geared towards reelection. Right. So he's. Mm -hmm on the road, talking about the infrastructure bill, cutting ribbons, breaking ground. All of that is campaign stuff. He was doing a best event uh, in North Carolina just a few weeks ago with the first lady. That's, you know, I mean, that's the auspices of the presidency talking about veterans issues. But that's a campaign event. And, of course, you know, I've talked to some of my Republican friends. I'm marrying one of them uh, who said uh, that the kickoff event, the quote-unquote kickoff event for the reelect with, with labor in Philadelphia was actually a pretty good event. The crowd was fired up. You had thousands of people there, and, and folks were engaged. So, you know, and the president's going to announce broadband access, mm-hmm. you know, billions of dollars going to improve our communities today from the East Wing. I think that already actually happened. And then he's going back out on the road to talk about that. So that's, I mean, as any kind of presidential travel mm-hmm. is geared towards, and look where he's going, right? He's going to all of the battleground states, right? Mm-hmm. Michigan, Wisconsin. He's been to Pennsylvania, I think, every other week mm-hmm. uh, touting this kind of stuff. So all that should be viewed through the lens of, of, um, you know, the reelect as well. Um, do you think he could clinch this reelection just by saving the queen? <laughs> Maybe. Bring him bring it's, her back. It's a I big know. deliverable. Charles, Charles is, you know, Prince, King Charles is doing pretty, yeah, pretty he, good job so far. But this thing about Biden, he's an outlier. He is the only one out there promising to save the queen. No one else is doing that. There's a lot of people running. <laughs> well, Jimmy, as you know, it's Pride Month, so it was probably God Save the Queen's. <laughs> and it was not the LGBTQ community. Come on, man. They don't need saving. They're doing well. In fact, their demographic, the, the Queens. Used, go, go ahead. Parade. He's got to, you know, he's just got to praise them from the podium. Listen, the Queens used to perform 18 and up. Their demographic just expanded thanks to your party. They're getting a younger clientele now. 
We're, we're, we're always recruiting, buddy. Always recruiting. <laughs> oh, God. Kevin Walling is on the phone. Uh, this guy's a piece of work. We love you, though. A uh, lot of Hunter questions coming in. Do you are, are you concerned they are? It does seem like the water is beginning to rise a little bit as it pertains to the plea deal. There's a little more of an acknowledgement than there had been previously. Well, listen, I mean, I, you know, again, I, I think that one of the important things is the president, and I don't want to do talking points and stuff like that, but the, you know, the fact that, you know, Joe Biden kept on the Trump guy who was investigating his son, right, was critically important. Uh, you know, you, you talk to legal experts out there that have read the plea agreement, read as much as they can about the investigation that, you know, was 15 years of tax returns and financial records and stuff like that and said, you know, this is fairly in line with, you know, sentencing that we've seen. Some of it has been harsher in the past and some of it has been more lenient. And the fact that it was a Trump guy appointed to do this over the last five years, I think, you know, should give everyone, you know, some confidence that the rule of law is, you know, winning out in, in this case. But what? You- um, but certainly that's not going to stop the Republicans from asking more and more questions and trying to uh-huh. tie Hunter Biden within, you know, you know, a rope around his, his father with all this. Well, there's a thing. I mean, it's 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 the fact that it's, you know, would allegedly involve his father. But don't you think on some level, does it make it harder to yell that the rich need to pay their fair share and that we need tighter gun laws if the president's kid is evading millions of dollars in taxes and getting caught on a gun charge? Well, so I don't I don't think it was avoiding millions of dollars in taxes. I think that the penalty is a on millions of dollars in income. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, on income. Uh, yeah. I mean, that you know, it's, it's problematic. Certainly, I'm you know I'm a Democrat. I love Joe Biden, um, but it's it's sad and it's problematic, and, and this has been a sad chapter for many many years with his son, um, who has struggled, and we all know and have been you know uh, engaged in in a lot of his struggles and know him up close and personal. We've seen family and friends go through that, and and I'm not excusing what Hunter has done. And I think part of the the good thing to come out of this is he's accepting guilt, you know, pleading guilty to these charges. And working with this Trump-appointed uh, U.S. attorney to address those th- those behaviors. Well, I don't know. A lot of people think it was a slap on the wrist for a man who clearly likes to get the slaps in other parts of the body. All, all I know, all I know, Jimmy, is that Roger Stone lied about a lot more money and got a lot less of a charge than Hunter Biden. That's kind uh, of a gray area, though. There's a there's a semantic there because it's not the sure. not the same parallel. But I get what you're going for. Kevin Walling is on the line. It's a Democratic strategist and a damn good friend of the show. Should RFK hire a food taster? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I was looking at those workouts. He does more push-ups than I do. i got to step up my game, number one. <laughs> uh, number two, you know, the, uh, the guy isn't a really serious challenger in that, you know, he. I think he's more appealing than as a general election candidate. I don't know if he's been on your show or Not if yet. you've talked to him. But, you know, I think his views, a lot of his views are more in line with the Republican base. So, I, you know. He's not going to get much traction, I think, with his views on vaccine, on the war. And, uh, but he's at like 20 percent. All that kind of stuff. But he is at like 20 percent. Like he's got – you know what the tell is to me, Walling? We're just talking sports now. This isn't politics. We're just talking strategy. I do think there's a legitimate concern inside the Biden camp that I don't know that you can or can't speak to. I don't know that you do do or don't know it, so I'm not accusing you of withholding information. But what I'm saying the, is – The amount of information I withhold from you – I could write a book. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Uh, but but the fact that I know, but the fact that Obama is out there this early 
in the cycle is concerning to me. You know, they say in comedy, you don't open with your closer. Uh, You know, you don't do your biggest joke first because nothing can follow it. Obama traditionally is a closer. He's a guy who comes in in the last two weeks before the election, does some big events, gets the guy over the top. Do you are you any concern or or what what do you characterize it as? I don't even want to know if you're concerned because, you know, why would you admit to that anyway? Uh, But what, what do you characterize his early arrival onto the scene as? Well, I don't, I, you know, I, I, he gave an interview to CNN, Christiana Pora, I think, in Greece. You know, I don't, he's not barnstorming, you know, Philly and Madison, Wisconsin. I, you know, I, and I, so I don't view that necessarily as, you know, Barack Obama getting out there on the, you know, mm-hmm. on the campaign trail. You know, I think it was just him an interview like he would normally do, uh, you know, CNN or any other publication out there mm-hmm. uh, on that kind of stuff. But he knows, but you know, it makes big news. Like he was on the Axe Files podcast with Axel Rod. You know, that's that's stuff's happening for a reason. These are very coordinated people. It's like Gavin Newsom. I, you couldn't tell me Gavin Newsom isn't holding out hope that he's going to run for president. And I only say that because I have been to five D.C. cocktail parties in my life and he was at all five of them last month. Every <laughs> single one of them. Very chummy talk, with the press. Talk about someone that might need to uh, hire a food taster uh, <laughs> up in Sacramento. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you, but, st- you know. I love I you know I like the governor a great deal you know we've talked about him before on your show I mean the man has been running since he's been mayor of San mm-hmm. Francisco yep uh, so he's itching for that certainly yes a hundred percent I I think all of the bumper stickers have been made I just think they're 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 ready to you know place the order on Vistaprint. I think the T-shirts, the mugs, the hat. I think if you look in his cart on Vistaprint, there's like seven million items. It's rare to go. They just I mean, if you and I, if you and I had hair like that, we've already we would already be president. I'd be on my third term, not my yeah. second, my third. They would have rewritten the Constitution to accommodate my fine hair. If you had my game. Uh, let me ask you this. This is just a this is just general spitballing now. But on the off chance that Biden isn't on the ticket, and there are people that believe that's the case. I know you are not one of them. But on the off chance that he is not on the ticket, do you think it turns into an open forum or do you think Kamala is the automatic successor? Or is there a Pete Booty judge line? Like what we're just dealing in complete hypotheticals. We're just spitballing. Dealing in complete hypotheticals, I think it I think it matters on timing, right? Uh, in terms of uh, if if that if that's the case, you know the I think the vice president is the likely successor, right? In terms of not just mm-hmm. you know the presidency, but the mantle of that campaign. Um, again, I fully believe Joe Biden is going to run, is going to run hard, and is going to win and serve the re- remainder of his term. Um, but it is it, I, I think it would be a question of timing of if if that's not the case. Yeah. Okay. Well, then last one. And this is the question I'm going to ask you for as long as the Republican primaries are going on, because there are always going to be news developments that might up, you know, might change your preference. But as someone who strategizes on behalf of the Democratic Party, is there a preferred Republican candidate on this date in history? Is there somebody you want to run against? For us to beat Donald Trump. I mean, just looking at at polling, and we've talked about this before, you know, the, the, the negatives out there, the fact that a majority of Americans, you know, when you get to a general election, think that the guy committed criminal acts and should be prosecuted, that's, you know, that's not, not great. Now, he's got a stranglehold on the Republican Party mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, I think he's going to be the likely nominee. But, you know, I, I, I actually, as a Democrat, you know, I'm a, you know, you and I are both Americans first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's great that so many folks are running and so many, you know, look at the diversity of that field. It's, yeah. It looks like a Democratic primary. Uh, it's pretty incredible, and I think that's a good thing for the country. Well, it, it looks like a Democratic product, save for the part that they're talking about ideas instead of just calling everyone racist. 
Get out of Your here. party is we lazy, Wally. We had a few ideas in 16 uh, on that stage. Very lazy. Ob- Obama right now is just talking to me about submarine inequity. <laughs> he just did an interview. He's like, well, we covered the submarine a lot more than that migrant ship, basically saying the news is racist. That's so lazy because there are different things going on in different news cycles that will amplify or, of course, diminish the coverage of certain events. But uh, it's very it, it looks very racy right now is what I'm saying. I think the path from here to 2020 is uh, there's going to be a lot of playing of that race card. If I, I'm going to take the over in Vegas, 157, I think, is the over in Vegas. You know when we're talking about Tim Scott's attitude towards race, you're overplaying the hand, Walling. It's going to be a long 15 months oh, for the general election. That's all a, I'm going to say on is, that front. But I got some bonus points with Alex, my fiance, for praising the Republican field, so I'm going to sleep well tonight. Oh, all right, but maybe you're not going to sleep well. Hey, hey. girl. Oh, oh, take the hey phone now. off the hook, girlfriend. Kevin Walling. Don't answer, don't answer a FaceTime call for me tonight. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Stuff this is, is a family show. This uh, is a family show. Stuff is going on. Read the Zoom. My goodness. <laughs> Walling. Always, always a fantastic hang when you're on the show. You're the best, my man. Maybe. Always love our conversations. My man. Get him out of here. Get him out. Back after this. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Budweiser presents Real Them of Genius. Real Them of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Millions of beer drinkers spend the day working a grueling shift on the construction site, but you pranced around the house on TikTok dressed as a six-year-old girl. You're a kid Anyone can hang their hat up after a long shift, but only a true hero can take off their dress and untape their nuts. Ow, that stinks! So crack open an ice cold bud, Mr. Biological Male, pretending to be a woman. Normally, beer comes in a cardboard case, but thanks to you, it now comes in a mental case. Mr. Biological Male, pretending to be a woman. We haven't done the Bud Light story in a while, but man, oh boy, oh man, this isn't good. A new report out today, sales of Bud Light suffered their steepest weekly drop yet since the beer brand launched its tie-in with transgender social media influencer Dylan Mulvaney in the week ending June 17th. Sales of the Anheuser-Busch brand fell by 28.5%. Everything woke turns to does it ever? Uh, the previous record was last week's 26.8%, which beat the previous week's fall of 24.4%. And of course, this past weekend up in Toronto, I believe it was, Bud Light sponsored a big float in the Pride Parade. Now, I want to jump in for a second here and just offer you some clarity if you happen to be a conservative listening to this show. Okay, no one should have an issue on the right with anyone supporting Pride. Does it feel like it's being forced on us a little too much in some areas? Yeah. Like, I don't know that the NHL needs a Pride Night or Major League Baseball. And it doesn't make me a homophobe. It just means people go to a baseball game because they like baseball, not to celebrate who they want to sleep with. 
I mean, honestly, if we're going to have Pride Night, why don't we actually have, like, I don't know, Big Boob Tuesdays? <laughs> I actually think you'd sell more tickets to Big Boob Tuesdays. Hubba, hubba. There's a lot of people out there who like the big boobs. I'm just saying. Your sexual orientation should not be the driver of whether or not you consume baseball or football or hockey or beer. Beer should just be, yeah, you need a cold one, and that's why you have a beer. But I think there's a lesson here in all of this because, number one, obviously the company didn't read the room. And I think a lot of these woke PR firms are mindful of the fact that their customers don't want this, but they're trying to change their preferences. In this instance, it backfired spectacularly. That being said, people on the right shouldn't be rebelling against anyone who embraces pride. We're not homophobic. That's not the point. If you're a freedom-loving American, then e pluribus unum, out of many, one. You should allow everybody to do whatever the hell they want. But in Bud Light's instance, what they did wrong was they aligned with something that nobody should support, which is, you know, the side of the argument that says we should be letting biological men compete against biological women, which we know is all physically unfair. And, of course, the side of the aisle that says we should be allowing for experimental procedures on children, whether we're talking about surgeries or hormone blockers or anything in between. And I think you need some distinction if you want to be a conservative and win this battle, because the argument is you're a homophobe. The argument is you're a transphobe. So if you just respond with, screw pride, guess what? You're going to look like a homophobe and a transphobe. But if you continue to fight a precision warfare battle, which is protect women's sports and protect vulnerable young children, then I think you have a leg to stand on. And if you continue that battle, uh, I do, in fact, think the conservatives will win, at which point I will say this buds for you. Now, I know that's kind of an insult in this day and age, but the point is good job. The show is over. Congrats to WVOS. You survived one day on the air. Nobody saw it coming. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.